Hello and welcome to another Iris Prize podcast. I'm joined with Olivia Andon and Joey Akabeze, director and starring actor in Acrimonious, which is a short film about a man called Emeka going through a divorce with his husband and moving back home. So thank you both for joining me today. Thanks for having us. And so firstly, I guess, just for a little bit of background for anyone that hasn't already seen Acrimonious and know who you guys are, could you just let me know a little bit about both of you, like who you are and I guess what you do really? Joe, are you going or am I going? (laughs) Uh, I'll go, I don't mind. I'm Joey. (laughs) Uh, I'm a writer and I wrote uh, Acrimonious with Olivia um, I'm from London. I don't know what you mean in terms of like, who am I? <laughs> I've suddenly realised. <laughs> no, that's it. Just as in, yeah, your name and stuff, because obviously they can't see you. So just to put a name to the okay. voice, really. <laughs> yeah. That's my voice, Joey. I'm going for it, Joe. Joe and I co-wrote yes. this film. Um, I directed it. It is um, starring Joey himself and it is based on Joey's life. And um, Joey and I both are actors as well, kind of came into yeah. this game as actors. And Joey trained, we met at university doing a play. And yeah, both kind of started writing as a way of taking a bit of control of narratives that we wanted to be a part of. And Acrimonious came out of a desire to get something on a screen, basically. So yeah. I wanted to direct and Joey wanted to act and we both wrote. So we thought that the two of us could make something. Yeah. So you guys mentioned that you're both actors. So did you meet as actors and then kind of develop the story? Like, was it a case of Joey told you his story and you were like, that would make a great film? Or like, how did that come about? So Olivia and I met at uni and then Olivia went off to be a writer and I went to acting school and then we ended up writing together some years after that. And with this, I think what happened was... Um, there was a scene between me and actually the actor who plays Prince, the acrimonious scene. Yeah, the acrimonious scene where Emeka's like, I I didn't want to say the word because I thought you wouldn't understand what it meant. Mm-hmm. That actually happened between me and Bradley. And I felt really guilty. And I was rehearsing that story to Olivia and how the peaks of trough of that were quite funny. And Olivia just said, that would make a really funny short film. Mm-hmm. And it just built from there. Yeah, because we'd been um, writing together for maybe two years by this point. We kind of like unied together, went on our separate paths, came back together when Joey started writing, had been kind of building a creative partnership for a couple of years. And when Acrimonious came about, or when Joey told me that story, we were in the midst of um, various writing deadlines and waiting on a contract for something. And like, I don't know if this is a kind of known fact, but it wasn't a known fact to me before I got into this industry, which is that like, as a writer, your job is actually to write scripts, not necessarily to get them made, which is this weird kind of nuance to to the job mm-hmm. in the sense yeah. of like, yeah, basically you get paid and hired to develop scripts, but it's very rare for those scripts to actually get picked up and put on a screen. Okay. Um, so Joey and I were keen to kind of actually get from page to screen, which yeah. we aren't in control of as writers. So when Joey told me that story and I, and I said, I thought it could be a cool short film. We were like, that's what we feel we want to do at this stage is actually see how our words translate onto the screen that it's kind of intended for. Yeah, that's really interesting because I actually didn't know that as a writer, you just kind of write scripts and then without knowing where they're going to go or if they're going to get picked up and stuff. And I think that brings a whole new level of respect to the job because it must be really frustrating, I suppose, in a way that you've probably written so many things in the past that you thought that's amazing, that would be really good. And then for them to not get picked up, that must be really 
kind of a weird experience like you've put so much effort into something and then it doesn't it doesn't go anywhere yeah yeah it, yeah it, it wasn't a thing I knew and like when when <laughs> people are like when when do we get to see the thing that you've been working on for two years and I'm like oh it's it's in the drawer yeah and like that's where they live in the drawer I mean we get paid at least but it is true that it is very frustrating yeah and I think it's different as well kind of like tv versus film like I think if you are a kind of writer director for film and and you want to make an indie film, there are means, it's still very hard to get anything made. Yeah. But the route into that is maybe slightly more geared to people taking creative control. But if you want to yeah. be a, like our instincts were to write for TV and the TV development kind of world is, there's, I, I, don't, I, I was trying to, someone somewhere must know the percentage of scripts that get written versus the percentage <laughs> of scripts that get made. And I want to say 5% of scripts that get written get made. Maybe it's like less than that. I've got no idea. But that's most most tiny. TV development is building slates and and people honing their voices and seeing what, what broadcasters want, basically. Yeah. Okay. And so what was the process for you? Like, so what did, I'm quite interested in this now that we've said, because I did not know any of this. So from like you guys writing the script, like from Acrimonious to it being on the screens, like what sort of stages did you have to go through? And like, how did you get that really, I guess? Because if there's so many things that get written that don't get made, like how did you guys make that happen for you with Acrimonious? Well, with short films, it's a lot easier because you just have to, you just have to get some money. If you can get some money, then you'll you'll get it made. So we found producers who <laughs> luckily knew a bit about fundraising. And that's how we were able to essentially make sure that everything could happen. And then we had like met people through various other jobs who like were on the crew and stuff like that. Yeah, I think we conceived of the idea like end of 2018. I think we wrote it beginning of 2019 and we shot it um, August 2019, which is actually, I'd say, quite a quick turnaround in terms of like getting budget together, getting um, crew together. Like, I think we were pretty jammy in that respect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That might sound long because it's like a year. And then I think we locked it and finished it and started sending it to festivals in Feb 2020, just before the pandemic hit. But that trajectory was actually pretty quick. And yeah, it's as Joey said, the obstacle is always money. So we were lucky that we found that we'd also written it to not be a super expensive short. We shot it in Joey's home. It was, yeah, as like a very family affair. So we tried to keep the budget as minimal as possible whilst also wanting to not like, there was a version of it we could have shot on our iPhones and edited ourselves. Yeah. It kind of became clear that we might be able to get a bit of money behind it and therefore better equipment and some crew that, that had the experience that they had and stuff. So we went for that. Yeah kind of middle middle ground yeah. um short film okay because everything's so expensive as well like to make short films yeah so um i know olivia you just mentioned it then that it was actually shot in joey's home because i was gonna ask mm. you joey um like was it weird kind of making this film and thinking like this is your life and having it represented because I know lots of people like I've definitely had conversations with my friends before who've said oh you know if there's a movie about your life who would play you where would you do all of that and like you actually got to do that so was that a strange process for you like putting your life on screen and like being able to say oh no that's wrong and this should be how this is and stuff well the thing is it's like one of those like cliches where you're like it's not really your life because it's like inspired by my life but it's not my life Mm-hmm. Like it's heavily inspired by my life, but it, it's not actually my life. So I don't feel any sort of like, oh, I'm what I feel like is like it's a character in anything else that I would do, but that I just actually know it so well already. Mm-hmm. 
which is really nice yeah. <laughs> because it's a lot of work getting to know a character. <laughs> um, I think also I heard this thing that was like, if you're going to tell a story about your life, make sure that your healing isn't contingent on people's response to yeah. how, like how it's received. Yeah. And I feel like Joey and I, either consciously or unconsciously made sure that the story wasn't because it's like a sensitive topic it was what Joe yeah. was going through at the time yeah. but we probably consciously even though it didn't feel conscious at the time made we sure that the story that. wasn't yeah it was like different tweaks to to the narrative slash like it was being told at a point where enough healing had happened that we could enjoy it and it still felt raw and real and vulnerable but it exactly. doesn't feel like gosh are we going to have a nervous breakdown by no going into That's this truth I was just going to say that's what I mean when I'm saying it's like a character that you know really well because mm. it's like you can you can access things that make it feel so real because you've based it on your life and then you've just added things to it if that makes sense or like tweaked mm. things and did it feel well was it a budget thing in terms of like shooting it in your house was that it's cheaper than getting a set or was that like for you was that something that you wanted to include in that because I feel like that's quite a personal thing to share out there like nobody normally sees like literally into our living rooms but like you were you kind of had people like the audience are like in your living room for a lot of it. So like, <laughs> is that something that you're okay with? I mean, I literally didn't think about that until just now. That's <laughs> <laughs> hilarious. I literally didn't think about that till now, which shows you how dim I am. Um, <laughs> oh, not at all. Um, I, um, I, we wanted it to be in haze mm-hmm. because we wanted it to show like a specific like type of like London and I was like we can't just go somewhere else I mean we could have gone to like there's this other like Brexit London part and the it's like East London like Beckentree that side of London and it looks identical to Hayes and it's so weird I went there to visit one of my friend's dads recently and I was like it's like the twilight zone because it's also Brexit London except it's East and that's West the houses are exactly the same anyway it was just because we wanted to set a look and we couldn't find that you can't find that everywhere in London so it was just easier to just do it at home just made sense yeah okay yeah, I feel bad now that I brought that up and you were like, oh, No, I, I think, think it's about hilarious. <laughs> I think it it's was hilarious. like very authentic. Like Alex Alex, our set designer, did like um a production design, did a fantastic job and but could also like take mm. all the stuff from, from Joey's home, which I think was just like we were super keen for it to be as authentic and real and lived as possible. And it just felt like why would we not do it literally where Joey's living this life right now. But yeah. as you say, yeah. we'd not thought about it from an emotional perspective. <laughs> yeah. Or oh, from yeah, a perspective was, until now. Yeah. I forget I was actually living there at the time we shot it as well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Wow. That was <laughs> that was that was a period of life. <laughs> there yeah. was there were definitely some parallels between the film and life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah I feel like I've opened a whole can of worms here <laughs> but I, um, no I just wondered because I thought obviously when we watch things on tv a lot of the time it is just like a set whereas obviously hearing that that's your, your actual house was interesting because obviously I didn't know that and I guess as viewers they wouldn't know that so I just didn't know if it was um like a conscious choice or you know if it just kind of happened to be but I think in terms of like you said keeping it authentic I think that obviously does keep it very authentic to know that that is kind of where you're living at the time so no I like that I like it (laughs) and now having flashbacks to like being in Hayes and having to like travel so long to get anywhere I completely forgot I was living in Hayes during the time that we shot that I'm so glad I'm not there anymore I mean I love the place I love the place I love the place but I'm just glad that I'm not inconvenienced quite the same way yeah new chapter (laughs) (laughs) 
So now thinking about your film like in Iris and things like that, were you guys at Iris last year or did you like participate online? I went to Cardiff, which was great. I participated online. Yeah. Okay, so how, um, I guess for both of you, it's quite good to hear that we actually have like a mix of both because I was going to ask, how was your experience of Iris? I guess, Olivia, for you in terms of like seeing your film in like in a cinema setting and then I guess in Joey as well, like kind of participating in that online and feeling like the social media buzz of it. Like how was that for both of you? I loved going to Cardiff. I think the, I mean, we, neither of us had ever made a short film before. So this was like, and because of the pandemic, all other kind of festival experiences had been online. So it was lovely to um, get a sense of what a festival experience is like in person. And I think I don't, I have nothing to compare it to, but I thought Iris was absolutely brilliant mm-hmm. in terms of like, yeah, seeing the film on a screen, but mainly the infrastructure around it and like meeting other filmmakers and the kind of community element of it was just lovely. And I think because so much of why we want to tell stories is, to tell the story and not necessarily to control how people respond to it. But there's nothing like actually being in a physical space when people are watching yeah. your work or other people's work or seeing like the kind of program of short films that have been put together and going on that emotional journey of those five short films and how they all speak to each other and are different and similar. That's that's kind of why I think people get into storytelling, definitely why I got into storytelling. So yeah, it was just a privilege to like actually be able to do the thing it's why it's why we wanted to make the film in the first place so yeah loved it so how did you find that people like received your film like did you get a lot of sort of feedback after like when people had watched it did they come and speak to you about it like what was the general kind of gist of how people felt about your film um people seemed to really like it which was really cool I think I think Joe and I were so green going into this experience and it was a bit of a baptism of fire and we had no idea one what the film would look like or how kind of festivals would respond to it. So getting into Iris in the first place was like a huge woo from us. Yes. And then, (laughs) yeah, people, like it was mainly the kind of fellow filmmakers that I had proper conversations with about the film. And a lot of the filmmakers were extremely impressive and experienced and this wasn't their first kind of rodeo and so to hear them say that they really liked it and what they liked about it was amazing. And interestingly, I think other than like, people really responding to the specific story and and, um, the representation that the film kind of champions, it was also people were laughing, which was great. Like Mm -hmm. Joey and I never know if we're like, are are we, are we, we're not trying to be funny. Like we're not comedy writers, but life is funny. So we're always trying to find the like comedic edge to things. So people seem to find it warm and funny as we'd kind of intended. And people also thought it felt like TV, which was interesting just because, um, we wanted to toe that line between it feeling like a short film in its own right, but also we kind of, our experience was as TV writers. So yeah, I could, t- I could tell the difference between what it, filmmakers and TV kind of style. And that was interesting because a lot of people said it felt like a kind of teaser episode for something bigger, Yeah, which was sort of our intention. So I think what we intended is what, yeah. we, what seemed to be achieved, which was really, really exactly. cool. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, it's just like like being part of it was the main, in terms of like how I felt about the experience, was that it was just amazing that me and Olivia, that our first short film was being shown alongside these other short films on this like massive platform. Yeah. And so I think like my main thing, I mean, I didn't go, I spoke to Olivia afterwards and she told me what she just said then, well, she told me more, um, but I didn't go, I wasn't able to go to, I asked more questions too. I didn't get to go to Cardiff. <laughs> But um, yeah, my overwhelming feeling was just 
Wow. Yeah, I can imagine it being such a big thing. And especially to be in like the best British shorts as well. Was yeah. that something that you guys had ever expected? <laughs> or how did you guys feel finding that out? <laughs> Do you remember, Olivia? <laughs> when we it's found it. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, so we, we I feel like. Did, really feel. I did go for it. Well, I don't really remember now. I thought, did we not cry? Oh my gosh, but who knows? I oh, did we cry, maybe. Yeah, because it was I like. Mean, I think it was like. <laughs> we were like so exhausted when we found out. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it was, it was pandemic, yeah. pandemic times, and Joe and I were slogging away at a script that that was hurting our head, and the world was in crisis. And yeah, and so yes, no doubt we did probably weep. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's just I I think like we so Bradley, who Joey mentioned earlier, nice. had been in a short film the previous year called Mandem, and because Joey and I were green, and we didn't really like know that much about the festivals we kind of like sort of created a festival strategy but based on instincts basically and we had sadly just missed the deadline for iris prize the year before okay and we were gutted it was like we hadn't missed it we could have applied and we had got the dates wrong so we missed it and we were really really keen like we were like of all the festivals not that we haven't been delighted to get into all the festivals to go into but we were like iris prize just because of its community because it's in the uk and because of its affiliation with all four and we were like that kind of exposure slash just like experience would be the dream so we we like couldn't have asked to get into a better festival basically yeah Um, exactly yeah it's good to hear that you guys you know nice to hear that that kind of meant a lot to you oh it was the timing was so good as well and also I think because as I said earlier like stuff doesn't get made I think you actually don't get the feedback loop of whether you're at all on the right track our main interactions with each other our agents and producers and so to actually get from people who don't know us and haven't worked with us a kind of like thumbs up was mm, just like a mm-mm. okay we're like let's keep doing this kind yeah, of thing because exactly. it, it is a bit of a marathon so yeah and so then in terms of like the future for you guys I think I found it quite interesting that you said lots of people said it felt like a teaser for like a tv show like a shorter episode or something don't know what the plan is for you guys but if you were to work on Acrimonious again would you say it's more of a pilot episode for something that would turn into a TV show or is there any chance of it being like a feature length film? Like where do you think that would go? Or I guess at all, is it just being left as it is? Like what do you guys feel like it fits into more, I suppose? I think TV. I think TV. Yeah. I think we've both... It's gone yeah. through multiple iterations, hasn't it? It has, it's been yeah. a TV show. It went to like three, a trilogy of, of films. Trilogy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's in come our, back to... Yeah. I mean, who knows? Maybe it's back to film again. I don't know. At the moment, I'm like... TV, but maybe Phil, but oh, I don't know. Yeah, you're right, Olivia, who yeah. knows? We're currently doing other things, so I think we're going to come back to it after we just finish this next thing. Um, and I was going to ask about the future for both of you, either together or separately. Like, is there anything... I mean, I'm not going to ask for spoilers here because I know it's <laughs> like there's certain things you can't ask about and you can't <laughs> talk about and stuff. But in terms of things you can talk about, is there anything that you guys are working on at the moment or that you'd like to work on in the future? Uh... Yeah. It's weird, actually, because as I said, we made this film in 2018. And that's like one part of filmmaking is that it takes a long time. And then even though we were in Iris Prize last year, it's now 2022 somehow. So, yeah, Joe and I have been on a journey the past few years about working out who we are as writers, what we want to do. And Acrimonious. I'm so delighted we made it because 
it was just before the pandemic hit and before like the whole world shifted and yeah we're both for the first time writing on separate things which has been I know, weird yeah. and interesting and sad and cool because we were working together for four years yeah. before that so yeah we're kind of both on journeys of finding our voices independently but not ruling out working together again of course and yeah. <laughs> so joe's in the middle of writing a film on a deadline and the deadline oh on you. <laughs> I'm going to not strangle myself. I'm going to finish the script. He will finish it. He will finish it. No, I actually, do you know what? I actually am going to finish it. But there might be a few more tears, but it will get done. <laughs> Is that another short film or is that a feature length film that you're writing? It's a feature length film. <laughs> Oh, okay, so yeah. even more pressure because there's so much. <laughs> uh, yes, yes, yes. But, 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 ill. It's actually today's been a very good day, so fingers crossed. <laughs> In terms of acrimonious and stuff, was that the main idea that you guys had together, or were there any ideas that you also had together that you think you might work on then in the future? Oh, we've got others. We have a huge slate of ideas. We've like we've so also much got a of show this that's going to be shopping around as well. No? Which one? Oh. Yeah. 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 We like we because the way the way it works is that there's different you can either get hired to write someone else's idea, which we've done mm-hmm. a lot of. So you're kind of like a writer for hire, but you obviously have huge creative input. And then um you also kind of can write originals, which either you can sell or write on spec, which means not getting paid. And <laughs> yeah, our first our, <laughs> it does mean not first, getting paid. Um, not getting paid. Our first script together um was about another aspect of Joey's life that is fascinating, which is Mormonism. Yeah. Joey is no longer Mormon, but <laughs> yeah, like over the course of the last four years, goodness knows how many ideas we've had, some which have been one-liners in our head some of which have become pitches some of which probably died a death that we've forgotten about so I think like yeah it's so much of writing is just as our agent says putting irons in fires so we have a lot of irons in various live and not live fires yeah. and acrimonious is is one of them I'm yeah, like I'm currently writing a book so I've I've left the okay. visual medium at the moment <laughs> I think like there in answer to the question, there are just so many ideas. That's why we're laughing because yeah. it's probably like been 30 <laughs> ideas over the past four years and they may yet get reborn or not. Okay, hopefully they do because I think I kind of speak on behalf of everyone that Acrimonious was great and that, you know, anything else from you guys will hopefully be just as great and be something that we'd all love to see. Thank you. Thank and you. so it's kind of meant to be you know a fun light-hearted one that um Bowen actually started asking his guests and we've now kind of all taken it on um as just a little like something to think about but would you consider yourselves lgbtq plus creatives or are you creatives that happen to also be lgbtq plus oh gosh it's actually quite a difficult question yeah it's it's one of those ones where it's like there's no right or wrong answer but it's, it's just kind of I guess what no, it's more like yeah. are we like writers who like want to write queer stuff or are we just queer people who want to make film is what it kind of feels yeah. like you're saying right but yeah. um, then I was like I was originally going to say I'm just a queer person who wants to make film but then I was like oh but what is queerness actually and actually everything yeah. should, should and can be queered up but I wouldn't necessarily have been doing that because I wanted to make queer film I would have just been doing that because I just believe that you know even straightness can be queered mm-hmm. yeah or should yeah. be at least. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Does that make sense? Or am I just saying nonsense? No, I agree. Right. No, I agree. I think it's like, yeah, the content that Joey and I have, have made has 
somehow or other pretty much always ended up being queer in some kind of capacity whether Mm -hmm. it's that it's like sort of highlighting a queer character or there's a just queerness to the way the story is being told whatever that means so I think like yeah I don't know if if that kind of I don't know if it's like a binary that's been set up like are you a creative who's queer or are you maybe people might say though like people might say that we are like I feel like somebody could say you are a queer writer because of how queer we make things but that yeah. isn't intentional, if that makes Do you know what I mean? So somebody else yeah, might yeah. be able to designate us like that, even if that isn't our intention. Our intention might just be, we might just actually just be queer writing stories. But because yeah. of where our interests are and the questions we're asking, they always seem to make that thing queer somehow. Yeah. Yeah. And also just like my dad is gay. And that meant that I grew up in with queerness just as like a thing that is part of life. Like basically our kind of respective queer experiences mean that like we always are looking at the world through a kind of queer lens so it's inevitable that either like the story itself will contain queer characters or that there will be a queerness to the like philosophical underpinnings of the stories we want to tell um yeah yeah, yeah. no I think you've both put that really well because I think a lot of the filmmakers that I've asked have said you know that it just kind of happens like because they've been around that and you know that's just a part of them the kind yeah. of queerness does then make its way onto the screen as well but whether that's kind of purposeful or incidental is kind of I guess where people have differing opinions on that but I think you guys both put that really great <laughs> so thank you for that thank you and that's kind of it for me today so just want to say thank you so much for joining me thank you for having us thank you for having us yeah hopefully I'll see some cool stuff from you guys in the future I can't wait absolutely I yeah, have so many crossed space. it might be a lot of space but <laughs> 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 that's okay <laughs> okay thank you guys bye thank okay. you bye. So, 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 bye.